Welcome to the Hope Sheds Light Rise with Hope podcast. I'm Pam. This season, I hope you join us for the Recovery Speak series. Each month, my guest and I will take a deep dive into the topic of recovery. We hear a lot about addiction, but in the Recovery Speak series, we will learn what recovery is, what it looks like, how it shows up in our communities, families, and friends. We will take a special look at how stigma can stand in the way of hope and healing and what some people are doing to overcome that. Please join us as we tackle the real issues, share actual experiences, offer a little strength, and provide a whole lot of hope. Hey, welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise with Hope podcast. I'm so excited that we're here this morning with uh, Diara Mendez. And uh, welcome to the show, Diara. Thank you for joining Thank us. You. I'm so glad uh, to be here. Uh, Diara is going to share a bit of her experience, strength, and hope uh, regarding her journey with uh, addiction and now into recovery. And, you know, really hopefully give our audience an understanding of. Um, you know, what your, what your journey has been like. Can you just share a little bit about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, for me, uh, my journey with addiction started as a child, um, in that, um, at the time I didn't realize it, but my father very much struggled, um, with drugs and alcohol for quite some time. And, um, you know, I had the, the classic family experiences of, items being stolen from home and um, really just kind of falling into those enabling and codependent um, relationship patterns. And um, I think it was at that point that uh, I, I remember waking up one day and I was probably about 16 years old and I just said, life isn't supposed to be like this. Um, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And, you know, we were, we weren't a religious family. Um, so at the time I, I couldn't figure out what voice I was hearing or what voice I was listening to. Um, but what ended up happening is I kind of started on my own journey down the road of, um, promiscuous behaviors and alcohol, uh, misuse, um, and alcohol, um, abuse. And, um, that really became kind of an eye opener to me of just how pervasive, um, dysfunctional patterns can really become. Um, and that sent me into a dark place. You know, I, I struggled a lot with my own anger. Um, I used my partying and I used all of those um, underage drinking all as like a coping mechanism um, just uh-huh. to kind of deal with the hurt and the pain and the disappointment. Um, and then in my early 20s, um, I got invited to a church and I heard a message of hope that I had never heard before. And I, that was actually where my recovery journey began. Um, as I began to develop in my own faith, um, I was blessed to have a church that also spoke the recovery language and understood issues and addictions. Um, and I found my people. I found my people. And, That's um, awesome. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll interject periodically. I hope I don't uh, no, that's fine. I hope I don't have you lose your spot, but I, I, I didn't really orient the audience to who you are today. So, <laughs> you know, and so if you wouldn't mind, because I think it's important for people to hear, there's so many pathways to recovery and it's, it's wonderful that you're sharing that you're, you, you know, you chose a pathway through faith-based organization and mm-hmm. that's really filled your life. Like, can you just 
let it, who are you, where are you today in your, you know, sure. journey with that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so currently, um, I minister at a place called America's Keswick, uh, which is a faith-based addiction recovery program for men and women. And my role here um, currently is working with a lot of the wives and girlfriends of men who are in our residential program. And so I do one-on-one mentoring and counseling um, with women who are um, just kind of in, kind of having similar experiences that I did with my mom um, mm-hmm. in terms of living with a person who's struggling with substance use abuse or um, other types of, of other types of behavioral addictions. Um, and prior to that, I actually worked in our women's program for um, a good like four years, uh, where I sat with women who were primarily struggling. Um, in, in addictions and we're, we're trying to get into recovery. And it was all from a faith-based perspective. Um, and I thought of, I was thinking about this before uh, the, the call today. And I was just like, you know, I didn't set out to do addiction recovery as a, as a ministry. It really kind of found me, it called me. Um, yeah. You know, if, if, you, if you would have left it up to me, I would have left that part of my childhood behind. Um, I knew that I had a calling to work with hurting people because I was a hurting person um, mm-hmm. and I found hope in my faith. I found hope in Jesus. And so I wanted to be able to offer that to other people, but I wanted to do it differently. Um, but when you're called, you're called. And, you know, the way I ended up here, I was actually working in nonprofits. Um, mm-hmm. I had been an event planner for a while and I loved traveling and I was been places like Hong Kong and Philipp- the Philippines and Germany. I thought that I was going to be a trailblazer for a really long time. Um, then I got called into nonprofit work, working with um, an, an education support um, organization in Philadelphia. And I've been doing that for a while and I was doing really well at it. Um, and then circumstances just kind of unfolded where all of a sudden I just kept being pulled to America's Keswick. My, my husband um, actually is a, is a graduate of the program here and he runs the men's program um, mm-hmm. here. And I just thought that that was going to be his ministry. I was like, ah, that's all right. He can, he can do it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's great what you do. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. But um, all of a sudden there was just this tug at my heart and I kept wondering, I was like, I wonder what the women's program is like. And lo and behold, no sooner than I told my husband, I was like, I think it's time for me to leave Philadelphia. I got a phone call saying that all of a sudden there was an opening that very, the the day before, um, and they wanted to interview me um, if I was interested because I had expressed interest in volunteering. They say, well, what if you didn't volunteer and you took a job? And I said, huh? (laughs) So literally from like, (laughs) from like two weeks, literally it was like a two week turnaround of like, I think I should leave my job in Philadelphia to, I want to volunteer to, Hey, we have an offer for you. And that's how I got this. None, not one. Absolutely. (laughs) And it has been the absolutely perfect answer to prayer ever since like the, the work I get to do day in and day out working with women and their families and men and their families. Um, yeah, it's been incredible. So I want to pick up a little bit on something I heard you saying, um, if you don't mind, but so you're, you know, in your early twenties and you, you know, you're moving past through some troubled times and Mm -hmm. you find this home in a faith-based community and you said that you thought you would leave all of that behind um, and move forward and, and, and move past that. And I'm wondering if, because a lot of our show's focus is on 
helping raise awareness about the hope and incredible miracles that occur when you follow your purpose, when you find your way to recovery and kind of refresh your direction. But that idea that we have to leave that part of our life behind is somewhat rooted in in stigma. And I'm Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if if you can share a little bit about what it's like to not leave that piece behind and, and have it integrated into all the wonderful work that you're doing right now? Sure, sure. That's an excellent question. Um, so interestingly, I am currently in school for community counseling. And um, as I have been learning more about what it means to develop whole, as healthy and whole as a person, um, I've come to understand that there's really the purpose of our lives really is to integrate all of our experiences, the good, the bad and the indifferent. Right. Um, that really it is about embracing the brokenness, embracing, embracing the yuckiness um, and really kind of allowing it to be redeemed into something that has developed our character. And so that was, I think, the aha moment that I came to. And even in my faith-based community, I, there were people who were like, well, aren't you recovered yet? Like, you know, when do, yeah. when do you stop being in recovery? Um, and I was starting to kind of transition into this idea that recovery is a lifestyle. Um, and not necessarily that you're const- you constantly have to work the steps. That's what some people choose to do. Um, but really, it's this idea and this mindset that I'm committed to honesty and transparency that I'm committed to being accountable to somebody else, um, that I'm committed to giving back and sharing a message of hope to others, and that I constantly am self-aware and working on my self-awareness and reflection um, so that I'm not making the same mistakes that I've made in the past, but I'm evolving um, right. as what I've been, I'm, I've been called to do. I, I believe every person, regardless of um, where they are in their faith, like we are both spiritual and um, physical beings. And there is a physical development that we have to follow. And there's also a spiritual and emotional development that also um, is part of who we are. And so um, for me, uh, you know, yes, some of that I'm going to leave this behind was rooted in stigma. And I realized how immature of a mindset that was and mm-hmm. short sighted that, like, to try to leave a part of me behind would be to deny all of who I had become. Right. Yeah. And, and I thank you for sharing all of that. And I'm, 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 I'm hoping that a lot of people listen to your message because <laughs> I know I do for, for many reasons. You're a wonderful speaker and you have a beautiful message. And in addition to that, I, you know, I feel like if we can help shed some of that shame, we, mm-hmm. you know, that comes along with recovering or being in yeah as a child living in that, or, you know, as an individual living in active addiction, if we can shed some of that shame, it may lead to people reaching out for help sooner. Sure. It may absolutely lead to people being able to integrate, as you said, um, mm-hmm. all of their experiences as proudly as part of who they, who they're evolving into as a human being. Sure. And, um, and just like someone who has cancer, you know, and when they, when they're in remission, they are so happy and they're, I'm a survivor. And there's all those mm-hmm. positive messages. I really am trying to shift our culture and the paradigm that will embrace people in recovery from addiction the same right. way, you know? Absolutely. You know, you, you brought up the, the term shame and, um, you know, people, 
guilt and shame are actually natural reactions that we have to just the stuff that happens to us, to the situations we find ourselves in. And so experiencing the shame is part of what lets us know that there's something wrong and we need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying, what I hear you saying is like, it's that staying in the shame and hiding behind it um, and allowing others to keep more shame on us that isn't ours, right? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly right. So what another, you know, um, mission of mine is, and and I know you have a beautiful family, uh, just the smiley faces on your children, (laughs) you know, and you just have this incredible family and we know Juan very well as, as well. And um, this idea of planting the seeds of health and recovery uh, w- within our family, as opposed mm-hmm. to those seeds of shame, fear, anxiety, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it helps stop the generational uh, nature to uh, substance use disorder. Yeah. And I see in your family, and I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that, I see these beautiful roots that you're planting and that are rooted and seeded with this positive language. And, you know, and I'm wondering if you can think back to your childhood and the difference between the types of seeds that may have been in that soil and how the soil you're using is so much different. Yeah. Um, interestingly for me, um, you know, my dad was actually absent for the first 10 years. Um, so it was just me and my mom for a while. And then when he returned, Um, you know, there was the struggle with addiction. And so, you know, right off the bat, you know, Juan and I, when we started dating and we were considering marriage for us, it was, uh, you know, as, as far as it is unto us, like we are, we're going to do everything together. I mean, do everything possible so that our kids are being brought together in a, in a, in a household where the parents actually like each other <laughs> um, and are, are fond of one another. Um, and even when we have differences, like we're going to talk about it and we're going to stick to it. Um, and that wasn't easy for us because for us, it was very easy to kind of run. Um, if you ever hear us share our story as a, as a couple, um, it was World War III for us when we first got married. And we've been together this year, 10 years. Um, and those yeah. first five to six years, like we were just like, I don't know if we're going to make it. Um, and it really took, it it took such a a, a commitment and and a willingness to rise above the conflict. Um, and I think it's interesting because even if we are to have a spag, an intense conversation, (laughs) um, even if we're to have one of those now, um, it's funny because our eight-year-old, she'll, she's like in shock that, you know, that there's, there's like heated words yeah there's a conflict and we look at each other and we burst out into laughter and rejoice because we're just like one that wasn't how we were brought up our households were like you know completely covered in conflict on a regular basis and nobody resolved anything and two we know how we started together as a couple so to see that like our children are completely unaware that you know there is this kind of this chaotic side to us is just a it's a joy to watch Um, And so for us, a lot of it, it's not even so much our parenting techniques, but it's really us being committed to our own well-being uh, and our own walk with God, um, where we know that as long as we're continuing to grow and to develop, we're going to emulate for our children what it looks like to be a healthy adult. Because I'm not just raising children, I'm raising healthy adults. 
And so I've got to lay down some groundwork in my own life before they can ever pick up anything from me. Like, and I had a mentor who told me uh, that things like inspiration and leadership are caught. They're not taught. And so I've got to live it. And why don't I have to, I have to walk it out before our kids can ever, um, can ever really pick up on, on what it is. Some of the lessons will be verbal, but so much of it, they are just um, watching us do it. It's really interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I can't think of any other relationship where, I mean, being genuine is important in general, but with your children and young people in, in general, your authenticity is essential because they pick mm-hmm. up on anything less than that. They um, sure do. <laughs> <laughs> they know. <laughs> Mama cannot hide. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, so when we started the podcast, we started it as an outgrowth to um, a program we were doing on Facebook called mm-hmm. Rise with Hope in the heart of COVID. Uh, because you know I'm the C, I'm the CEO over at Hope Sheds Light, and you know we were cut off initially from our yeah. from the people we were serving, and we pivoted like everybody else to this online mm-hmm. forum. But we we were looking for many ways to interact, and so we started a morning live Facebook um, session called Rise with Hope. And honestly, we just shared genuinely our anxiety and stress, or how we were reacting to COVID and being shut down and the fear. And we, um, we shared a self-care practice with mm-hmm. our audience. So if it was meditation or a gratitude list or whatever our self-care practice was, and that was so well-received um, when we started to emerge a little bit from COVID, we thought, how can we continue to connect with our audience in unique ways? And that was the birth of this podcast. So I like to wrap the podcast up with asking people, uh, what do they do for their own self-care mm-hmm. practice? And even in this case, if there are strategies that you do as a whole family, because I don't know for sure, but I'm kind of guessing that your family might engage in family-focused self-care because <laughs> 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 you seem that woke to me. But <laughs> sure. Um, okay. Um, so... Um, Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, Because self-care, speaking of, um, is just so huge um, for for your recovery. And um, I would say that for me, as a mom of three, um, self-care is really hard to come by. Um, But when my kiddos are um, asleep, I tend to stay up just a little bit later, just so that I can hear the silence. (laughs) Um, I hear the silence. I believe um, in taking a kind of a a good, I mean, taking care of myself and my hygiene in the evenings, I'm having a nighttime routine. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I end my day uh, oftentimes with like a hot shower or a bath just to kind of release the tension from earlier in the day. Um, and then second to that prayer, prayer is huge for me. I'm constantly um, reading devotionals and reading books that, um, and, and the Bible um, and in a way that feeds my faith um, because some days are just harder to get through than others. And I need words of encouragement. I need words that challenge me. 
um, to really be able to keep going forward in uh, you're brushing your teeth. Good. We have another person standing there. Yes, and he's trying to do self care on me by having me brush teeth. Yeah. (laughs) Hold on, bid. Hold on, buddy. Um, So you know that's also it. And then as a family, I'm losing everything here. Um, As a family, we do. Um, every, every week at our local church. And that's big for us. Our kids go to children's ministry um, where they're surrounded by other adults who love on them and are sharing the word of God with them. And then my husband and I spend time in worship together. And that's been, that's huge for us. That's amazing. So I hear individual self-care partnership, you know, because it's important to maintain a a relationship with your husband that's, you know, separate from your kids and, yes, and then family, absolutely. you know, and I yeah. just, I love that. And I can see that your, um, your, your time is, um, <laughs> is being now. She I did so well. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. I love it. What's his name? This is Orlando. Say hi. Hi, Orlando. Orlando can you say hi? I just joined our podcast. Hi, Orlando. Hi. <laughs> He's just going to say hi, say hi out loud. No, he's just, he just sees the video. <laughs> he's going to wave. That's good. Um, I think it's beautiful. Thank you for joining Thank us, Orlando. I, um, and I don't know if you have anything else you want to share before we wrap up. Um, no, I just want to thank you for the opportunity um, to, to share a message of hope. I, I really do appreciate the work that you guys do. And my husband and I have, are absolutely thrilled when we can partner with you guys um, because the work that you do is just so vital. Um, And we, as you mentioned, I think there's so many different paths to recovery and um, you know, all the messages are, are, are needed because the idea is for people to get whole and healthy. Right. Um, That's, that's, that's first and foremost. And so, yes, thank you so much for all that you're doing. Thank you for joining us today on the hope sheds light rise with hope podcast and the recovery speak series. If you are enjoying Rise with Hope, you can join us by subscribing on iTunes. The Recovery Speak series is supported by Monmouth Cares of Monmouth County and the Ocean County Health Department. We really want to hear from you. Please send in your comments, share your stories with us. Let us see how recovery is working in your life and in your communities. You can visit us at hopeshedslight.org. Have a great day, and we'll see you next month. Thank you for listening to Rise with Hope.